We are very familiar with the gospel passage, certainly the, the prodigal son, maybe even the lost sheep, the woman who lost her coin, maybe not so much. We use especially the prodigal son often for penance services, and rightly so. We preach a God who not only is forgiving, but I love how it, the scene plays out. He runs out to meet his lost son and welcome him back. It was the son who didn't want to be received back. He wanted to be a hard hand. And it's proper and true. We should preach a God who is not only merciful and kind, but runs after us, who tries to find us, who tries to seek us when we are lost. I know I spend a lot of my priestly time when I'm talking to people, not only in reconciliation, but other times, to keep trying to convince them that they are still loved by God, which is absolutely true. That they're the ones who don't seem to want to believe it. And so we have to keep working to accept God's merciful love. And yet, we've got to do some things ourselves. You could call it conversion. You could call it contrition. You could call it changing our ways, maybe especially ways of thinking and ways of how we treat people. We all know that. Uh, but maybe we need a little help to be reminded what does it mean to let the mercy of God flow through us. St. Paul, when he's giving a little autobiographical background, saying he was the worst of sinners, we heard that in the second reading, says that he once was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and arrogant. You know how I like triplets. So I want to use those three words to expand them a little bit. Now for Paul, we can understand. As a blasphemer, he worshipped the wrong God or didn't worship the Messiah. As a persecutor, we know the famous scene when Stephen was martyred. They dropped his clothes at the foot of a man named Saul later Paul. And arrogant, I suspect we could probably see that. He stood up to Peter and wrote letters to the emperor and a lot of other things. We could see all those things. And maybe they don't quite fit us. But I would like to suggest that there are three areas, at least amongst many, that you and I can take a look. Let's look at Blasphemer. Now that isn't talking about using cuss words. We Texans, we've got all kinds of cuss words. I understand. It's about not recognizing who our God is. We, we want to follow us. We want to follow our will and we worship our own God or gods with a little g. We want to do what we want to do. And so we blaspheme the very mercy of God that we seek. And we don't see 
How if we expect mercy, we must be merciful. The next verses after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount are, if you do not treat your neighbor with mercy, you will not receive mercy. I wish it was still part of our, our Father, but there it is. And so, do we seek a God who is merciful to us, but we refuse to be merciful to others who perhaps are just as unjust or maybe more unjust than we are? It's not for us to be the judge. So we must seek to worship the merciful God by being his disciples and being merciful. Perhaps to put it in more modern terms, we tend to be selfish and self-centered. My way. And yes, we're not supposed to be wimps or disrags. We're supposed to be strong, loving, and wise. But we must seek to do his will, not my will, not your will, but his will. The second word, persecutors. Now, I would hope that we haven't done any of that. But we can be judgmental and vengeful. Maybe I would put another word, controlling. We seek to force maybe even good things upon others. Now, many of you are parents and grandparents, and I hope you've learned a lesson from your kids. You can't force anything on them. We've got to love them and train them in different ways. They will rebel. That is how our God is with us. He gives us more than we could ever imagine, hoping that we will respond in kind. He does not control us. Look at the world. It's full of mess. Who made the mess? We did. And evil. Giving in to evil. And so... Do we persecute others by our judgmental attitudes, for our controlling, for our desire to impose our thinking, even good thinking, on others? Instead, all that we have is the example of love, and that may change people. Nothing else will change people. You already know that you don't win arguments by being the nastier of the two. At least I don't think so. Look at our political debates. No, we're not going to look at our political debates. You win by being the loving example that we need to be, that others might wish to emulate. Third, arrogant. Why are some people arrogant, insolent? Why are some people filled with themselves and think that they're always right? My God says it's because they're afraid. They're afraid of letting others maybe be right. Afraid of accepting that they may be wrong. And so they hang on and stick to their ideas, good, bad, or ugly. And they forget that if they wish to have mercy, they must be merciful and respectful. Now let me 
conclude by adding that Old Testament image that we heard in the first reading. It is true that in the Old Testament, too often God is posed as a wrathful God. In this case, he's sending Moses down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments because the people had become depraved. And if you read the whole scene coming down, he takes the Ten Commandments and he breaks them, throwing them on the ground, and they take the the golden calf and they grind it up and he puts it in their water and makes them drink it. That's the whole scene. And then he has to go back up and get a new Ten Commandment tablet. Okay, fair enough. What is interesting is that it is Abraham who reminds God who God is. Now, I don't think in our Catholic understanding we need to think that way. God will be merciful and kind. So I think the people we have to remind is ourselves and how we think about God. Remind the church and how we need to show forth our Lord. If we are not a loving and merciful church, why would people think that we have a loving and merciful God? And so my last thought is, do we cry out when there is injustice? We cry out to our God to help us be instruments of justice when people are suffering, when we have disasters, hurricanes, when we have refugees and immigrants and poverty and poor children and famine. All those things would seem to be getting worse. We need to cry out to God, not for him to change, but for us to change. I think so. We need to change by being his people, not us. We need to change by showing forth his love, that he is seeking the people who are lost. That's all we can do, and trust that on the last day he will say to us, I kind of think this is going to be true. Well. You didn't do too much, but you did the best you could. Maybe we can do a little better. Maybe we can be much more active in our living out the merciful love of our God.